What's up, boys? We're missing uh, our regular introductory host, Jeffrey, this week. So, uh, Nico, I got a quick question for you. Yeah? Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan, baby. We're about to talk about his story. Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspect. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm gonna make them an awfully gun with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. I'm so excited about this one. It was actually my idea to choose this one. Uh, I'm excited too. Jesse, you're with us this week. Jeff is not, as uh, we just mentioned. But uh, for those that need a quick... uh, little uh, story here as to what we're talking about as we did clearly just alluded to but uh, the movie explores how Nike's basketball shoe division was struggling in 1984 due to low sales and how the company's marketing VP Rob Strasser and CEO Phil Knight tasked basketball talent scout Sonny Vaccaro to find a new spokesperson for their shoes although they considered their draft pick Michael Jordan off limits due to his preference for Adidas and Converse Vaccaro convinced them that Jordan was a generational talent and that Nike should pursue him and try to convince Jordan to sign with Nike. And as we all know, he clearly signed with Nike. But uh, we're here to talk about this movie. Nico, this was your idea, like you said, so uh, I think this is your favorite movie of the year right now, right? Not only is it my favorite movie of the year so far, I'm very confident it's going to finish in top three when it's all said and done, come to set. I think you're right. I, I'm with you on this, too. I think it's the best movie I've seen this year, too. Jesse, where do you stand with this? Yeah, no, I think it is. Um, especially for for 80s kids, 90s kids. And, and People who live actually, I'll, Yeah, and I'll actually kind of talk about, like, not only males, but females, too. It, it kind of crossed the... Um, that kind of spectrum of, of men and women. So I think, yeah, no, I think this is, for me, the best movie I've seen so far this year. Uh, yeah, and I think it's... Uh, Nick's absolutely right. I think it's going to end up being top three easily because it, it was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it three times now. I've, I've seen it like five. <laughs> um, and it holds up. I don't know if yeah. you've only seen it once, Jesse. You've seen it once or twice. No, you you know I never see a movie before I pot on it only once. This is true. Uh, this is true. This is true. So you're probably three deep too. Yeah. Um, and I know Jeff had watched it multiple times too. So everyone's in full agreement that they love this movie so far. So what worked, Nico? Ah, oh, so much. I have so much. Uh, it's it's a movie about vision, which I love. It's right up there with Moneyball and The Social Network, which are two of my top fifties. It's inspiring for that reason. Um. This, when I say vision, I mean, it, it really explores the topic of, of a little bit of Moneyball and the social network is being able to see what the rest of the world doesn't see. And that's my favorite anthem about this movie. I'll talk about my favorite scene in a bit, but I think that that's the part of something everybody in this world wants to tap a little bit into. Uh, we're all looking for an edge, and we're all looking, 
you know, and that was kind of the point with the uh, the clerk, right? He everybody thinks they have it, but only very few of us actually do. <laughs> I love the Seven Eleven clerk. Yeah, great. He's the he's the whole point of that, right? He's, he's great. A little, a little. I, I love the yeah. I, I love I, the callback to him at the end. And right. Totally, totally changes the state. Right. I knew all along. I knew all along. I think this is Matt Damon's best movie in probably a decade. I think it might be, what, this has like, got to be a top three Matt Damon movie, right? Yeah, this has got to be a top three Matt Damon movie. Probably not for uh, Ben Affleck. I, yeah, I, I, I realize I love true stories in the movies. They, they really inspire me a lot more because you're just reliving exactly what happened. It means more than fiction. Yeah, the wife is on board with that, too. She loves a good true story, so she watched yeah. this twice as well. It makes for a better conversation starter everywhere you go. Like, holy shit, that actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was just, just at Friday talking about this, about what actually happened with people at Happy Hour. Drum, Drummond, did your wife like this movie? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. And Nico, did you see this movie with any female friends? I did, and she liked it. Courtney liked it? Courtney loved it. Oh, really? And, and something that, like... I mean, it's easy to like for a woman, because of the mother. Well, we really just, didn't... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, we, we really didn't go into a moment in time, but, like, my moment in time is, Courtney and I saw this in the theater, and she immediately loved it. We talked about it a lot. And for sports movies to kind of cross that, that gen, gender spectrum, like... There's not a lot like Hoosiers does not. There are, there are several many women that love Hoosiers, but it does not cross that spectrum. But like The Blind Side, Jerry Maguire, League of Their Own, Varsity Durham. Varsity Blues, Bull Drone. Like those movies and this movie, I feel like it crosses that spectrum and it just makes it just such an iconic sports movie. Okay, so I don't like to stereotype girls here, but let's talk. Let's take this even further. I think what makes this even more special is what I kind of just almost I kind of interrupted you in with. It's the whole mother thing, right? Uh, all those other movies you mentioned, they kind of have a love interest thing that works, uh, whether it's Renee Zellweger and Jay Maguire or Susan Sarandon and Bull Durham, and I, I think the women attach themselves to those stories just as much, right? They relate to that stuff. Um, this doesn't have that at all. But uh, it has this motherly aspect that I don't think we've really seen too many in too many sports stories whatsoever. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that was a really unique perspective of this. And going back to the true story aspect, uh, what uh, uh, that that Nico was talking about. What what an incredible woman this this is, right? Uh, yeah. To to advocate for her son like this, to to have this vision that that Sonny and her had. You know, I I haven't done enough deep diving personally to know how much of this was you know embellished but you know the 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 roots are all there so you know for the most part a lot of it's true obviously but uh yeah no i totally agree drone uh what else worked though jesse so i i really like that they chose to center the story around sunny vaccaro and dolores jordan okay like they didn't center around nike yeah. i mean the two part of it was they didn't center around michael jordan yeah, Jen asked me, she goes, why do you think Michael Jordan wasn't in it? And I said, because he's the greatest ever, right? And so he can, right. who's going who's gonna to play Michael Jordan? And that's just going to make it a distraction. So I thought it was a really good move on their part as well, to, to not even really have Jordan in it. But they also didn't center it around Phil Knight. Like, he was in the movie a lot, but, but he, wasn't, he wasn't the guy 
who made the decision. He wasn't the guy who, like, convinced their son to take a percentage of it, of this. Like, mm-hmm. he was there. He was the owner of the company, but he was not the central figure in this movie. <laughs> and, and that's why I really enjoyed it. Do you like, did you guys like Ben Affleck's Phil Knight in this? I have a love-hate relationship with it. I thought it was kind of underwhelming, to be honest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean... like I mean, it's not his movie, though. Like like Jesse says, no. it's the story of Sonny Vaccaro and Dolores Jordan. So I think that was somewhat intentional, right? Absolutely. But but I think his scenes are great. Like, <laughs> like it just his, like, his mannerisms. I think he, Ben really just made a point to, you know... <laughs> like lock into that and I think it worked totally <laughs> yeah no it, it did um, but don't those weren't really the scenes that you remember from this film right? oh no yeah no not at all I think he came full circle and really developed as a character right he's so worried about the board at the end and by the end he's like fuck the board right he's like so he did, he did have a character arc which was good I just I couldn't go oh, yeah. get over some things it was just he was a little too one dimensional right with his Buddhist aphorisms his, that we don't want to hear. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good when he walks out of the office. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Do you run, Sonny? <laughs> it's hard. So I think the only thing we forgot to mention in what worked that I want to definitely give a shout out to is the soundtrack. Greatest soundtrack I've heard in a while, right? Yeah. Um, they actually played my favorite song, which is any song, uh, I forget the name, but it goes, All I Need is a Miracle. All I need is you. I, that's like my favorite. And I, I knew that when that song came on, I was like, this soundtrack is It was just epic. A great, great. And the side, uh, can't go, uh, uh, we got to give a mention to Chris Tucker. He's great in this. Oh, yeah. I love Chris Tucker in this movie. And um, the the agent, uh, the actor. Uh, Chris Messina. Thank yeah, you. he's yeah, been in a lot. Messina. He's good. He has been in a lot, but he was great in this. He was absolutely great in this. The scene where he calls Damon after Damon went to visit the parents. OMG, I love that scene. See, and it holds up. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. Something's missing in it for me, but I'm glad that you appreciate it. I don't want to hate no, it. No, there's not a single scene that I really don't hate. I, I mm. like. I, I this movie flows great. I, I'll be interested to hear what doesn't work for either of you. But favorite scenes? What is it, Nico? Ooh, I got four. Okay, in this order, well, I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna well, go backwards. You, get, you were taking whoa, 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 whoa. You you don't get all four right here. All right, I'll go Give number me your four. Number one. What's your number? What's your number one first? Oh man, you're ruining yeah, the fun. Because what if one of us has your other ones? Um, uh, the Jordan shot, the Vision, the 1982 national championship. Um, like I said, this is a movie about Vision and seeing something that other people don't see so and we're I, jimmy where we're jimmy vaccaro's in his living room and then the, the and then the next scene where he's um where he's selling bateman yeah we're selling, selling bateman rob, rob yeah. stress that this play was actually drawn up for michael jordan not james worthy and yeah. the whole speech he gives I, I fucking love it that's that the the first act kind of comes to an end right there and the movie yeah. takes a turn right it's sunny selling bateman on jordan with the tape breakdown that's yeah. right there in my notes and so. this movie becomes about so is that your number is that your favorite scene too it's not, but it's in my favorite scenes. Like I, I didn't necessarily put them in order like you did. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I found that very inspiring too, and I think it's partially driven by Matt Damon's performance. Right, he's really good in this movie, and very, I mean, very, he says to him, I mean, I know we're not in lines yet, but I am going to say it. He says, "Look at him. Look how relaxed he is. He wants the ball. He's calling for the ball. The whole world is watching him. He's 18 years old. He's three seconds away from the biggest shot of his life and the biggest shot of Dean Smith's life." 
And I just, he sells that so well for being kind of like this overweight middle-aged guy, right? Like It's so cool, man. Wearing fleece t-shirts. He, he is a, probably a better version of Sonny Vaccaro than, if we saw the real Sonny Vaccaro, it probably wouldn't be as good as how Matt Damon played him. Yeah. 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 The whole yeah. budget on Michael Jordan. The whole budget, man. The whole budget. That, that's, how, that's how that scene concludes. I love that scene. Yeah. And, I, and that actually is my favorite scene, too. Is it really? You're kidding. Uh, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love I, that scene. Along with that scene, I, I God, both leading up to the, all that, though, is that scene with Bateman and Damon in the bathroom. That That's like, right? When that, that's where the movie hooks me. Right really? when that yeah. scene happens. I'm hooked on that movie, on this movie, because I, I love good dialogue. I love these two actors, and now they just hit a home run with a scene, and it has my full attention. It, like, from right there like that's the jump off point for me so i just wanted to go back to that time it's not necessarily it's not my favorite scene i just i just have it in chronological order here so i just want to give mention to that one but uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean sunny giving the jordan the speech is right there with with the other one that we just mentioned that we all right know, so I th- but nico I think what's your other one what's your other one i mean i think it's certainly none of those so i'm glad this is working out i, I certainly think it works between rob strassman and sunny Vaccaro. I really like the relationship they build. But I have another, them in another scene where, this is my third favorite, where he says, you've got a little cavalier, and he tells him about how much his daughter means to him and how he put all of them at risk. Because mm-hmm. it, it, I really, I knew you were going to love that one, Jesse, the family guy, right? Oh, man. I, mean, I believe the Pulled quote the is, strings. spoken yeah. like a man without a seven-year-old son on a Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Seven-year-old yeah. on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. not son. But. And he pretty much says that the only thing that really matters to him is working at Nike, and that without that, he doesn't have an identity, he doesn't have any value, especially to his daughter. And that he could have been just a little more cautious when he put the whole company on the line, right? That, that makes it a little more real for us to really realize that, that there were. Well, jobs he didn't put the company on the line, he put their division on it. He put right. their jobs on the line. Right. Which mm-hmm. is, that's what's cool about this story. This isn't a Nike story as much as it is like a, the, a just a small division within Nike at the time. I, mm-hmm. and I didn't it's an underdog that. story. It, 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 Definitely it, an underdog story. It, yeah, it's totally an underdog story. And I don't think you knew that heading in. At least I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I no, was, when you have Nike who Nike is. You didn't exactly. think there was an underdog story. But I, I'm going to argue a little bit. I, I don't think running shoes would have been the future of Nike like, like it is now, you know? And they, they talk about that. And, but it, you're right. It is no, just I don't think it would have been, but I think what... I That's a cool moment, too, when Ben Affleck's given it, when Phil Knight's given it to Sonny, right? About how, like, that whole rationale of people wear basketball shoes only that play basketball right. and they only wear them while they're playing basketball. It's just a really cool moment because it's all true. It's very and true. And there's way more people that run than play basketball. So like all of that makes sense. And the and, percentage and, was so small, right? And then we're over here because we know what happened and that's makes that scene cooler because we're over here going, yeah, what they didn't factor in is that Michael Jordan was going to make every kid want a pair of his shoes and wear them to school. And right. then wear every single style that he put out after that. So like, and and we knew that. And that. But what's your other scene, Nico? You got two more. So <laughs> I got two more. Uh, the nineteen eighty four Dire Straits montage intro. That was really fun. I've probably seen that if I've seen this movie four times. It really is just a love letter of the eighties, right? It's just a fun wink. Um, and, and anyone that we're probably the last people that, you know, we're probably the last generation that you know can appreciate most of that stuff yeah we probably are but it regardless who it is i mean some things you can't not recognize like eddie murphy and you too you know there's so many cultural references there yeah yeah 
Like, but I don't know how many generations after us can recognize those things. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, even right. like, there's some really good ones too, like the Night Rider. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh yeah, look at <laughs> And we're probably one of the last generations that really realized what their Jordan meant, right? Even four years after us, like, the whole idea of saving up for that shoe and how important it is, and all the cross cultural references, and even the Spike Lee commercials and all that is just probably lost in anybody even five years younger than us. I noticed that from the girl I was watching the film with. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're definitely right with that. I mean, if you were 40 and older, you definitely got it. What's that last scene that you got down? Ah. Dolores Jordan versus Sonny Vaccaro in the final scene. It was pretty the much... The phone call? The phone call? Yeah, the phone Mrs. call. Mrs. Jordan? Yeah, that's yeah. my notes, too. That's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. All I, and, I, and I love Sonny when he goes to Wilmington, too. I, I absolutely love that as well. That's yeah. a great scene. It, when, when he shows up to, to their house, that's a great, great scene. I so, know. Yeah. And as much of a big deal as it was of Viola Davis, she's really only in three scenes. I know. That's why it's hard to... Uh, med- made medals hard, boys. Made medals hard. Yeah. But those are three really... They're probably they're at big least scenes. one and a half scenes, scenes of the biggest scenes of the movie, right? They're very, you know, Robert De Niro, Godfather 2-ish. You know, not very much in the film, but very, very important. Yeah. But we, we get this sometimes. Sometimes, I mean... Every few years, there's a Best Supporting Actor category for somebody who really had one or two scenes in the movie, but it's that powerful that it just works, and it's not the same movie without it, and I would argue that's Viola Davis here, too. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, she, <laughs> all of my quotes on the quote sheet are from that scene. <laughs> she's great. Well, speaking you of eat we. That's all we're at. That's all he's asking. You eat we, right? That's in yeah. my notes, too. Gosh, I love it. That's such a good one. Yeah. So, can I just say, and Drummond, you kind of alluded to this, the scene in the bathroom, but before that scene, when the, when Sonny's... He's not in his first meeting, but it's the first meeting of the movie, where, where he's at Nike, uh-huh. where they're discussing the 1984 draft class and who Nike should sign. Yeah, and he gives the guy shit. I yeah. love that scene, oh, yeah. where he just like torments Bill. Oh, yeah. He's like, why do you like Mel Tur- Turpin? <laughs> like, what do you like about his no what do you like about his game like i love how he's just sure. breaking like, him that's, down that's like the like that's the appetizer and then the bathroom is the main course of that scene like for but me, i you're, you're i totally I, I also love in the beginning of that scene where rob strausser's motivational speech where he quotes rocky balboa and at the end he's like we've got the eye of the tiger i love I love how that whole scene just sets up and how it ends. I just, I love that scene. I love how Jason Bateman finds a way to be Jason Bateman. He's so Jason Bateman. He's so Jason Bateman. (laughs) Like, when the one guy points out that he went to Louisville and he's like, yeah, I got that right here written on the board. I've got it written down. Thanks, girl. (laughs) It just feels so Jason (laughs) Bateman-ish. Oh, I love how yeah. Mel Turpin becomes a story later on, right? With David Falk and Sonny Vaccaro later on at the end. Oh, yeah. When he says, oh, they didn't get Jordan. Who are they going for? He says, they're going for Mel Turpin. Mel Turpin. <laughs> yeah. It's so Full good. Because we know, yeah. looking back on history, that obviously they lost <laughs> They lost big. Yeah. And obviously it said they got bought in 2003 by Nike. So, I mean, that one decision, right? That's, that's what life can come down to. For sure. Not all to say that. The, all that matters is how much you believe, right? Right. I believe. A movie is. about vision. Uh, what other quotes we got? We keep giving them here uh, without officially giving them. Does, <laughs> does the Dalai Lama have a grape-colored Porsche? <laughs> Not all Nike shoes, just the ones with his name on them. <laughs> Come up. 
Dolores Jordan. Maybe that needs to change, because if he, if he does what I think he's going to do, what you also think he's going to do, what Michael already knows he's going to do, then it won't be the NBA. I, then it won't be the NBA promoting him. I promise you that. It's the other way around. And in that case, he deserves a piece. He does deserve a piece, and a piece he did get. That may have been the most money line in the movie. There's a lot of money lines, man. There's a lot of good lines. Dude, I don't know, man. Affleck's got such a home run of a line. Phil Knight, you're remembered for the rules you break. Close the fucking deal. That's on my too. It's so good. That's how I built this company. Yeah, it's so good, man. Uh, I'm sticking to Laura Shorten, though. Shoe is just a shoe until my son steps into it. I love that. I have a meeting. With who? The shoe dog. (laughs) Fucking shoe dog. Yeah. I've actually read Phil Knight's book called Shoe Dog. It's actually pretty dang good. Your job isn't done until the job is done. Every once in a while, someone comes along that's so extraordinary that it faces those reluctant to part with some of that wealth to not do it out of charity but out of greed because they are so very special. Even more rare, that push demand, that person demands to be treating accordingly to their worth because they understood what they are worth. Nico, you... You kind of alluded to this. I didn't mean to, to cut you off, Drummond, sorry. But you kind of alluded you alluded to this quote. I don't want to sign three players. I want to sign one. I want to sign him. We build a shoe line around just him. We tap into something deeper in the player's identity. Into that. What's that mean? That he doesn't wear the shoe. He is the shoe. The shoe is him. Yeah, so good. So, so good. I know, it's so good. Sometimes the most you can do is all you can do. <laughs> he puts the ball in the hands of an 18-year-old freshman. Why? Because he sees the same thing I see. The same thing that Linwood Robinson sees. Greatness. That so. damn slogan came from a convict about to get executed in front of a firing squad. And they asked him, what's your last words? Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it comes from. Just it's so bizarre. That part I didn't quite get. Uh, did you guys like the George Radlin scene, by the way? I feel like we forgot to give credit about that. The, uh, with the I Have a Dream speech. It's good stuff. Yeah. No, it was relevant. Really I found good. it relevant. I had no problem with it. Uh, and George Radlin. Both, uh, both times I forgot that it was Marlon Wayans. Like yeah. Half, halfway through the scene, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Marlon Wayans. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> seen him for a while. It was nice to see him again. He's great. Yeah. What, where's he been the last uh, decade? I don't know, man. He's still in that work, work camp from Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. It looks like he's like 25 years old. Jesus I, Christ. I know, I know. That's an age of freaking day. Uh, I don't have friends. I have clients. <laughs> so, d- a quick little sprinkle here. David Falk really did come up with the name of Air Jordan. That's That yeah. part was not exaggerated. Yeah, no, yeah. That's good stuff, too. <laughs> I, I like four-letter words. I love that when Damon says that. Oh, my God. Because it's very true. This movie is very clean, except for language, right? Like, uh, what didn't work? Anything not work for you guys? Boo! 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 So, I, I'm, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I. this is very nitpicky. And this is actually one of my favorite scenes, which I don't think any of us brought up, with, but it was the boardroom scene. Where Sonny closes the deal and just kind of goes unconscious and just like, just is, has this great speech. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of that speech, he 
he's almost like Nostradamus. Like he basically <laughs> explains how great Michael Jordan's gonna be and how he's gonna do it. And I'm like, I mean, he's a little too like, he knows what's gonna happen. I'm gonna and look into your eyes and tell you the future. Yeah, and he's like, and and you're gonna be an idol, and people are gonna love you. Oh my God, they're gonna love you. You're gonna be great. And it's like, wait a second. I don't think you you could predict exactly what Michael Jordan was gonna be before he did it. Like, there's no way. Remember, this is very much a movie about vision. That really fits along with that theme. He's gonna. I'm gonna look in your eyes and tell you the future. I, you know, I, I think that they all knew how great he was going to be, and that was the moment where he got he to tell him how much he believed in him. And yeah, it did go a little bit overboard, but I got no problem with it, you know? Yeah. It was nitpicky. There wasn't a lot to pick from this movie. But if, if you want to be nitpicky, I have a problem with... What do you got a problem with? I got a problem with they stayed up all weekend, and they, they were going to show him some cheesy video with a highlight reel. That was their plan to close well, this they, guy? No, that wasn't their plan. That's what Damon hated it, like... That's Remember, what Phil Knight like, wanted to do. Phil Knight, like Phil Knight's the boss, so like he has to like they gotta show the video because Phil has the video team that puts the video together, and it's just this shtick for, like I, I feel like they that, touch on that. That's very like corporate. Like we've got we've got to put together a montage, a PowerPoint presentation. We've got and to I love this, how they this. play it out. Like Damon knew that the video was gonna suck because he already told right. Dolores they're gonna see other videos and when when he gives right. like when he's like when he does the play out. And that's awesome too, by the way. Because wow, that totally plays out like clockwork with the converse executives wearing the red ties, the Adidas yeah, yeah. fighting over ownership, you know, just right. the Rolex on the wrist, all of it. It was great. But um, Again, Sonny's Nostradamus. Yeah. Right? Go, it goes is. back to my nitpick. Except when it comes to crafts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you hit, you hit, man. And right. he hit better than anyone could have ever imagined. That's a great, great analogy. And you know what's sad about that is I was looking up what happened to his wealth afterwards. He didn't really get paid off this, right? He made the bet of a lifetime. And, you know, Nike and Jordan, you know, good thing Jordan got a lot of the profit. But he himself didn't get much of it. Yeah, it makes you wonder if how good of friends him and Phil Knight really were, right? Right. Because he like this movie really makes it seem like Mad Dame or Jimmy Vaccaro was or Sonny Vaccaro was responsible for everything. Yeah. And... He's got a net worth of five million dollars. Meanwhile, Phil Knight's net worth went from like under a billion to forty six billion currently. Yeah, and it's like if Phil Knight and him were really buddy buddy, I feel like he's got more money from this deal. <laughs> I feel that way too. Yeah, That's so the maybe interesting Phil is like, behind you know, it. Like, at the end of the day, maybe Phil is like, yeah, fucking Sonny got it lucky with that one. We're fucking done with Sonny now. <laughs> well, he got fired in 94. That's what yeah. I did look up. Do you see that? No, I didn't. So good yeah. stuff there. I did yeah, he did get fired that. in 94, which is incredible, right? With somebody who built a company like that, it, just, it doesn't feel right to me. It makes me less of a shoe dog fan. Uh-huh. Wait, real quick, going back to that, i got to say real quick, Sonny Vaccaro was fired from Nike because he was pursuing on other business plans that didn't involve the company. So, something about Sonny Vaccaro, did you know he was a key figure in the Ed O'Bannon versus yeah. NCAA, which basically opened up the the gateway, the floodgates for... Athletes making NIL. NIL, yeah. yeah. So now, all these deals that college athletes are getting... Um, making money like Sonny Vaccaro was 
a key po- component of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, right? To have so much contribution to sports, right? So I also have here, this is interesting, no, not Sonny Vaccaro. He played high school football, not basketball. <laughs> I thought that was so funny when I first read that. I was like, oh my god. How did this happen? Yeah, that's wild. How does he have such an eye for basketball talent? Right. And it's it's true what they said, too. He was uh, began working for Nike in 1977, and he founded the first National High School All-Star Basketball game. It's just to bring kids together at a young age and start signing them early. So he did have the eye. He just This guy did a lot of things. It's career corner. So we should talk about our dynamic duo a little bit right here so ben affleck directed this movie obviously is this the best is this better than argo yes better than argo yeah. okay jesse yeah yeah argo yeah. one best picture let's not remember Ar- let's not forget argo that. fuck itself argo fuck you argo fuck yourself <laughs> right <laughs> have to edit that argo much. fuck itself argo's good but it's not as good no as it is good but not i i mean personally I, I like air more uh i do as well I completely agree here. Uh, do we have any other Ben Affleck competitors here in the, uh, the discussion? World? So he did The Town as well. I like The Town probably more than I like Argo as well. No, and he did Gone Baby Gone. And he did Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. And... That's about it. I want to talk Matt Damon now, right? Yeah. Matt Damon, what, is this Matt Damon's best movie? Is this what you were talking about? Yeah, sorry, I was, I was talking about that earlier, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, 2011 was his best year before this. Contagion and The Adjustment Bureau. I love both those movies, but holy crap. That was 12 Ooh, years ago. But The Martian's not bad. It's not, not bad. great, but I mean, he, he was nominated for Best Actor for that, wasn't he? I don't remember. I but I mean, the was. movie wasn't that great. No, you're right. I don't argue that. But he, yeah. he, but he, I feel like Damon's always solid. And I do like The Adjustment Bureau with Emily Blunt. Yeah. Great movie. Contagion's great. Yeah, that became Contagion a great. superstar became film a, during the COVID. Yeah, yeah. COVID, COVID made Contagion forever uh, uh, right. in my memory. They, because they nailed it. They called it perfectly. But that made, So I'm just arguing 2011 was the last time he made good movies, and this is this is big time. That was 12 years ago. That's well, A lot of the world's changed. Well, what do we have between then? You've got it up right there. What do we have? Elysium. Elysium's um, not good. You're right. The, yeah, The Mountain Man, The Monument Man. Um yeah. That wasn't anything special. Jason Bourne, The Great Wall, Suburbicon, ugh. Downsizing, which everybody hated. Yeah, there's no good Matt. Ford vs. Ferrari, okay. I didn't love that. I didn't really like that Ford movie. Ford vs. Ferrari is solid. You didn't like it, but that's solid. Everything oh. else you just named is bad, though. The Last <laughs> Duel with Ridley Scott, Stillwater. I didn't, even, I didn't even see that. Stillwater wasn't bad either, but like, oh, so forgettable. So forgettable. But, yeah. It's just, yeah. That, that just, and I'm not forcing I, this. I really do feel that this is the best movie he's made in over a decade. I think you're right. I'm okay with this. I think you're. Was, you, was the last duel any good? I didn't. See I didn't it. see it. I can't. I can't speak uh, one way. Yeah. I mean, that goes to show you how. Ford versus Ferrari was good. I, I yeah, know. J- j- Nick didn't like it, but I liked it. But that's the only one that I think was good. Right. There's a bunch of turds in there, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word. <laughs> because, a... uh, yeah, and and I have no issue with Matt Damon. J- j- Jimmy Kimmel does jokingly. <laughs> that feud is so good. It and never it, gets it, old, it's huh? It's a fun feud. It is a fun feud. <laughs> Nobody knows how it started. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but damn, Ben Affleck, I'm, I, I'm, Ben Affleck can keep directing movies, though. Going back to Affleck, real quick. Right, going back to him. Because Gone Baby Gone's good. The Town is good. Argo's good. And now Air is really good. But I think Air is the best. I think he keeps improving, I Getting guess. Better. Yeah. I, yeah. 
and I think this movie is really important for Matt Damon too because a lot of what you have to do is you age over time. Being a well-known actor, is you have to adapt, right? He's not Jason Bourne anymore. He's not an was, astronaut I anymore. He, I think you're right. He needed this. I, yeah. I, I agree. He needed this. He needed yeah. this more than Ben Affleck needed this. Definitely, like. definitely, because he is he is a middle-aged man now, and to go on and play a middle-aged man, making fun of himself is a, I, is I a feel really like, yeah. I feel like ten years ago we're saying Matt Damon's more successful, and nowadays we're saying Ben Affleck's more successful. Yeah, I think you're right. So I feel like this was a very good comeback movie for Matt Damon. How, how successful is the Bourne franchise? Like, pretty it's successful. Pretty, it's pretty successful, right? It's not yeah. like... Oh, yeah. Pennies. Yeah. So, I mean... But, I mean, that's... Um, when we talk about the Bourne franchise, I think we're all in agreement that... Oh, the first one was good, and then they cranked out like four more movies. Yeah, that were and, all the same, and they were all right? skippable. Yeah, they were all. I mean, even if you watched them, they were good at the time, like entertaining. But you know, that, I I feel like John Wick is doing a better job of what Jason Bourne did. But maybe Jason Bourne paved the way for something like John Wick. I don't know. Uh, we do have uh, do have some medals to give out, and uh, Jeff Jeff had uh, medals that he wanted us to give out and. I'm not sure I remember his medals, but uh, it was uh, Rob Strasser. It was bronze. Affleck. Yeah, he gave Affleck the gold because he directed this movie, and I do remember he, that. He, he gave Damon the silver, and he he said he wanted to give them both the gold because they produced and kind of came up with this idea to do this together. But he didn't want to cheat, and he gave Rob Strasser, aka Jason Bateman, the uh, bronze. Interesting. So, um, I didn't have any issues with that per se. I guess his rationale worked for me. But uh, since you said interesting, Jesse, what do you got? What do you got? You got seven so, honorable mentions. A good cast. Hey, don't be a jerk. I'm, uh, <laughs> go Knights, go. <laughs> honestly, I was I was not gonna. I didn't have an honorable mention until I rewatched the third time, <laughs> and. I have to give Chris Tucker an honorable mention. Like, his quotes in this movie are probably some of the best of anyone. He's got some good stuff. For you sure. go back, like, he's got, like, ten quotes that are just, they're great. So I, I love I, that Damon, he's, like, Damon's confidant. And he, yeah. You know, he, he, Damon, like, spitfires his ideas, and he looks at him and is like, I love it. You're going to do that, though? You're crazy. <laughs> he's like... What what did what did what did uh, Sonny ask me? He's like, he's like, you signed Carl Malone. How did you do it? He's like, oh, you you gotta you gotta convince the black the black uh, the black mom, and black yeah. or, you gotta convince the mom and black family, the mom, she she's she's key. Oh, yeah. And that just kind of preludes the the entire story. And anyway, so I I, I love Chris Tucker. I love his character, and I love. All the quotes and he's great. He's pivotal. I love his moment of um, you know walks into the room late and he plays his role perfectly. Right. Like they all plan that and his you know his idea. I'm gonna talk to the parents and be able to relate with them. Mm-hmm. And he just hits the nail on the head. You know, Jordan's dad gives him you know the joke. The, the joke leads in, <laughs> tells him the gives you know busts his balls a little bit right there right when he walks in. But it was all intentional. He knew that that would happen. It's all good stuff. Yeah. For sure. So, what did your bronze go to? 
My bronze is Jason Bateman. Rob Strasser, man. It's hard to not give Rob Strasser a medal in this movie. No, you have to give him a medal. He's got so much... <laughs> is it true that you guys just don't love Jason Bateman that much? I, I, mean, might I love Jason Bateman. I do love me some Marty Bird, so... Um, yeah, I knew it was going to come back to Ozarks. I was just complaining about this the other day. Keep going, though. How do you not love Jason Bateman? I do love uh, Jason Bateman. I just don't uh, like Ozarks. Okay, well, this is not Ozarks. This is error, but... This is a biased metal, metal podium. You're in such a minority. It's a bronze. It's not even a gold. Yeah, I know. Where's right. Viola Davis? Jesse, when you first saw this movie, you said Viola Davis won this movie. Now she's deep in your honorable mentions. Whoa, he didn't even give her an honorable mention. Maybe Affleck hold, doesn't hold make on. the podium. Maybe Viola gets the silver. You were going to skip Ben Affleck in the medals, really? We're going to hey, find out. This is the longest medal podium ever. Come on, Jesse. Quit holding out on us. Silver medal, Jesse. If this wasn't a family podcast, I'd tell you to go, you know, what it was. But anyway, <laughs> silver goes to Matt Damon, Nico, okay? Sonny Vaccaro. Um, Matt Damon's acting at sometimes is Matt Damon-like, but you know what? Sonny Vaccaro, the story, I love it. Matt Damon was great. My gold is Viola Davis. No, stop it. You, pull, you pulled that leg because I called you out for real. Your, your gold is Viola Davis. You want me, I'll screenshot and send it to you. You call it's out Viola the thunder? Davis. Well, now you got it. Ben Tell Affleck, yes, he directed. Tell us I'm, why, not tell gonna, us I'm not going to say this was an easy movie to direct, but the story was told. He did pick the right characters. He picked Mrs. Jordan, Viola Davis. He picked Sonny Vaccaro. But and Viola Davis on screen, like her depiction of, of Michael Jordan's mom, even though she was only on screen, what did you say, like 10, Three 15 scenes. minutes? Yeah. Yeah. She stole every scene. Mm-hmm. And her story, without her, Michael Jordan is not the billionaire Michael Michael Jordan is today. Right. I, I, I just truly truly believe that. Like she was so pivotal in the success of the negotiation of the contract that Michael Jordan got. Yeah, that's well documented too, definitely. What's the most one of our shoes has ever sold? Three million? <laughs> it's one guy. <laughs> it's one guy. She so no, no, and, and, and and her depiction, like and I love Viola Davis. I do too. I do too. And I so. just, I, I, I think she deserves the gold, personally. Okay. All right. Well, she's in mine too. So I'm, good. well told too, Jesse. Well told. I had to call you out a little bit there because I was like, when are we going to get to Viola Davis? I already know Viola Davis is going to be on there, yet I'm not hearing her, right? So I'm going to give her my bronze because what I, what I love about her, she's so, this movie was great writing. It really was. But it takes more than great writing for it to come out perfectly, and she makes it come out perfectly. She's so comfortable behind the camera, and you you feel that in that key scene at the end, right? It's just a scene on the phone, but it's essentially probably the most important scene in the movie, and that doesn't come together without her. So definitely metal worthy. I know that Jason Bateman's good. I know that Falk is David Falk is good, but she is definitely metal worthy for being three scenes. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a Best Supporting Actress nod. You know, she probably wouldn't win it, but. If it come award season, she's there. Don't be shocked. Uh, I I agree with that. Yeah, 
And I'm going to go Ben Affleck Silver. I mean, he did direct it. He was okay as Phil Knight. It was a little underwhelming and one-dimensional. Yet, uh, I really think the gold should go to Matt Damon. He's perfect in this movie. Is everything we've said, the movie he needed. He really shined. He's still got it. He's found a new genre for him to act in, and it's perfect for where he's at in his life. And I mean, nobody else could have played this. Nobody. And how he delivers those passionate scenes, nobody else could have done. And I am, again, a Matt Damon fan. So, you know, after a decade of Jeremy Wrong, he's right back. I don't want to take this away from your, your speech, Nico, but I almost feel like Ben Affleck's depiction of Phil Knight kind of takes away from the, his directing. Meaning, I, I, I think that it was almost like goofball. Like he was like overacting or over the top. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. And, and I, I think it, it kind of took away from the brilliance of, of the directing of the movie. I think they did, and his haircut was, you know, just a little too off, and a lot of the things, it's just overdone so, and underwhelming, is okay. kind of what I was going to say. I agree with that. I, I'm half on board with the, like, overdone, but I think it was intentional, right? Like, they show, us these, fo- they show us these photos of the CEO being barefoot in his office with his feet on his desk at the end. Like, these are real photos. He was eccentric. Time, so. Definitely yeah, exactly. eccentric. So they, you know, they... They they definitely uh, highlight that, for lack of a better word. And I think they wanted to make Phil a character. Because, once again, this was about the basketball department. And maybe this story, from the writer's perspective, became, hey, um, this isn't so much a Phil Knight and Nike story as much as it is the small little tiny basketball department at the time trying to, like, they had this vision. And they were just trying to hope that Nike would please drink their one cup of Kool-Aid, this small division in their company. And Phil Knight was just this loon to them, potentially. Like, oh, God, we got to convince that guy. Like, we got to go, you know, we, we the whole scene with the lead-up where Damon has his first meeting with Phil Knight, we get the special music, and, he, you know, he calls him, what does he call him? You know, he says he's going the to what's his name. Yeah, the shoe Yeah, exactly. But can I ask you one question? Yeah, is Phil Knight Is Phil, Phil Knight a Porsche-loving billionaire... Or is Phil Knight like an eccentric, like hippie who takes off his shoes, who thinks crazy ideas? I think, I think it's, it's both. Better. I yeah. think it's he, both. I don't think you can be both. I think you could, and you evolve into the latter. So I think who's worried was, about like the board of directors? So like in 1984, I think he, you know, kind of cared about the Porsche a little bit more than right once he it, sold by, the company. By the time he was in 2010 and donated two billion dollars in charity, you know, like I think we evolve as people, you know. So he enjoyed that, you know, fuck you money for lack of a better word, and had his 17 coats of purple the, and they call it gray <laughs> right. i think it's the quote right right <laughs> but um so i don't know I, I i feel like it was all intentional and so is it a little over the top yeah but i think that was what they were aiming for so i don't know i don't and i don't think it bothered too many of us we didn't talk about this and what didn't work so yeah but, uh no, I, yeah. it was overdone so yeah i don't my I'm, medals i believe yeah on your medals all right so um we had an audible called it pod here. <laughs> I love it when that happens. And my honorable mention is to Viola Davis. And it's no, um, it's not any, uh, it's not due to the fact that 
lack of talent. It's just lack of medals. So, and we didn't give this person any due justice. And as the course of this pod evolved, I had to figure out who they were. And then Alex Convery, it's the guy yeah. that wrote this movie. Yeah, and he's never written anything. What? This is the first thing he's ever written. And Matt Damon gave him. Matt Damon says he's the MVP of the movie. And when you think about the dialogue that's spoken in this movie, someone wrote it, and it was him. <laughs> and so, so how he did gets that come my, to be? He gets my bronze medal. I don't know how it came to be. That's for that's a story for another day. That's <laughs> he just hide away in Ben Affleck's day. pocket. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, but yeah, right. Where did this guy come from? Because like you know, we got the speech, the phone call, the right. all, all this stuff that we're saying we love about this movie. All these medals we gave out were made it starts with the writing. This guy's dialogue, right? So, and, and, you know, I felt like I was watching an Aaron Sorkin movie. Wow. You know, you this, yeah, Moneyball, this is very right? Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Actually, you write yeah, exactly. one writing yeah. credit. Yeah. One so, writing, run writing yeah. credit. Very Aaron sorkin in a sense, yeah. right? Who, yeah. well, who also wrote... Yeah, Moneyball and Social Network. Yeah, yeah. Moneyball yeah. and Social Network, yeah. right? Yeah, wild, right? Exactly. So, um, fun times for this metal podium, right? And so, wow. Alex got my, uh, my bronze. That's and, awesome. And uh, Jason Bateman got my silver because... God, he's so good. Every scene with Bateman and Damon is just so good, and um, and maybe that was all made possible by Alex. I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, their chemistry is just so damn good, and and I absolutely love Matt Damon in this movie. I felt like I I I was that guy that always loved Matt Damon, and yeah, he kind of fell off. Like he where was his good movie since the Adjustment Bureau, and that was over a decade ago. Like Nick touched on, so this was a. Holy cow, Matt Damon's awesome still. And uh, this is good to see. So he got my gold medal. And Ben Affleck, yeah, he didn't get a medal. And it wasn't for um, lack of effort. It was just lack of medals like we talked about. And Jesse, I think, hit the nail on the head. This is kind of a... This, wasn't, this isn't that hard of a movie to direct, necessarily. So uh, I kind of kind of agreed with that. And if Mike Welty was on our podcast, he would have given a medal to this soundtrack. And I would have been okay with that, too. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Because Mike Welty gives weird medals out, but that would have been one, and I would have been okay with it. So, uh, I feel like we had an awesome medal podium this this week, guys. I feel like yeah. it was... Uh, very diverse, very so, uh, uh, complex, yeah. Loved yeah. It. But it's late, and uh, I, we've pondered a lot. I don't know if anyone has any ponderings, but uh, Jeff didn't send us any ponderings. And uh, Nico, you have anything further ponderings? I got not. I did, all my ponderings were solved before midnight. That's good. That's Some good. were solved at 11.58, I, but yeah. still... Pre-midnight. Jesse, ponders? I mean, the million-dollar pondering is... And it's such a silly pondering, honestly. I have, an, I have a silly pondering. But what happens if Michael Jordan signs with Adidas? Oh. Uh, like, is the, is the Air Jordan... Is that shoe created with Adidas? No. It's not, right? So because is Peter Michael didn't, Jordan Peter didn't work for Adidas. That's right. So is Michael Jordan the Michael Jordan that we know? Right. I think he still rises to greatness. That's a good midnight pondering. He rises to greatness, but I don't know if his bank. He still wins championships. He still owns beats Hakeem Olajuwon for rookie of the year. NBA team because but uh, right. what that what that shoe did internationally, not just in the United States, but internationally, like that marketing it, it changed the it changed the game be like mike i mean that whole campaign does that happen if he doesn't sign with nike
I mean, they, probably not. But he, does he still win multiple championships and become the face of the NBA? I think so. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Possibly. I think so. Right? Like, he was... Remember, he offered Converse to match the deal, and they wouldn't do it. We just might not ever see that silhouette that Peter created on that shoe. We might right. not wouldn't ever that be, know. Wouldn't we that might, be crazy? That's like an alternate ever, universe. We, it is. Yeah. We might not ever know Air Jordan as right. Air Jordan. Yeah, but maybe I mean we don't know what drove Michael Jordan was it was it money was it because he was getting so much that drove him to win so many champions we don't know right so no that's... I think Jordan just like the quote in the movie like he just had a different DNA he was just a killer just like Kobe Bryant like some guys just have that in them they're just killers they just want to fucking yeah Kill their opponent. That's it. Yeah, look how relaxed he is. He wants the ball. He's calling for the ball. It's just like he's eighteen years old kid that knows yeah. the shot. The final shot is coming. His and and way. then you, you're watching. You're watching this, and he is loose, man. He's like dancing around, just waiting for the ball to make a standard issue yeah. shot. Like it's not the national championship. Asking We're looking at this right? wrong. Yeah. yeah. There's I some think... guys that are just some athletes that are just born that way, and I don't. I don't think it's a generational thing. I think even after, like, the athletes that are up and coming that are in high school, there's going to be players that are like that. There's just people that are just born that way. Like, they just have that instinct. They, they just, they just want to bury their opponent. They just want to beat them. That's it. Right. Right. If I had a pondering, I would be about the distribution share from Nike because... All Dolores Shorten asked for was a little bit of the percentage, but then when they go into the math at the end of the movie, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy got 10% of shoe sales, right? They're selling four billion a year. He's getting. And they knew, and they, they, we have that nod there because we have Damon giving that quote where he says, "I think this is going to work out well for everybody," and it, you know, yeah. the quotes there because it did again, <laughs> again. Vicaro Nostradamus. Like, yeah, Nostradamus, right? I mean, he did what we all knew he was going to do, right? Beat Hakeem for uh, beat Hakeem for Rookie of the Year. Beat out uh, Adrian Dauntley for Defensive Player of the Year. Make that's the what, All-NBA team, win multiple titles. That's what she yeah. said. And that's what Vicaro said. Nostradamus. That's what, no, no, no. That's what Dolores Jordan said. Any other that's ponderings? Um... So we talked about Jordan not being in the film, but uh, Affleck consulted him numerous times. You guys saw that. Yeah. And uh, he had two two requests. Viola Davis, play mom, yeah. Yeah. and longtime friend Howard White be included in the film. And that's where we got Chris Tucker, because Affleck always wanted to work with Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. Tucker was also friends with Howard White. Affleck gave him a lot of flexibility for the performance, according to these reports. And then uh, Peter Moore, the designer, this is funny. You see this, Nico? He left Nike in 87 after uh, <clears throat> designing the Jordan and the silhouette. Wow. Did it say why? Yeah, because he wanted to join their rival, Adidas. 
Oh where he God. redesigned the Adidas logo to its current version that it still really? stands today. So it worked out for him. It was a good decision. Yeah, he stayed on until 98. Wow. So this guy made two iconic logos. logos for sure. For I don't even know what Reebok's logo is, so I'm not sure how iconic that is. Adidas. 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 It's like the three, like, yeah. it's almost like a plant or flower, yeah. like... Next time you look at an Adidas logo, you'll just remember, hey, the guy that did the Air Jordan logo also did that logo. No, it's an iconic logo. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially in the 80s. Like, yeah. Adidas soccer in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Julius Tenen uh, is Viola Davis's husband. And, uh, oh, okay. So the actor that played the dad yeah, is actually yeah, her husband? Yeah, oh, my so God. That's brilliant. I didn't know I that. saw them on Jimmy yeah. Kimmel together, too, and I wondered why they were appearing together. Yeah. So, yeah, they're married in real life. So. He was great, too. He was a great small character of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dolores, I'll be out here if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a classic husband line. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, okay. He was she so nice, all, too. She does all the talking. She'll he was so nice. I love those scenes with Matt Damon in, in North Carolina. Those, yeah. Those, those it, it, it was hard to see James Jordan, too, though, knowing what ultimately happened to him, which we won't get into, you know, but it was it was yeah. interesting yeah. portrayal. And, um, Nico, did you see uh, that uh, David Falk was actually the one who convinced Jordan to accept the medium of Nike? No, uh, so yeah. we're in things you missed right now. We're in folklore, baby. Yeah, we're in folklore. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've no. evolved into folklore. Tell me the story then. No, that just, just uh, I just had in my notes that uh, even though the movie makes this big, you know, antagonistic scene between Sonny and David Falk, it was actually David Falk that uh, convinced Michael Jordan to accept the medium of Nike, supposedly. Uh, but, you know, the movie works better. <laughs> I, I said already that David Falk really did come up with the name Air Jordan. I thought that was hilarious because it yeah. was kind of, it was a thing in the movie and a big thing. So, um, I have in real life, Sonny's epiphany about Jordan um, came not from watching on TV. He was actually at the 1982 Championship Live. That's where his Jordan epiphany came from. Really? Which is so cool, right? To be like, I was there. Yeah. I thought that was the, the, the best folklore I got this week so far. No, um, I mean, Focaro actually met movie, Jordan so. in a Tony Roma's through George Raveling. And at the meeting, he realized how much Jordan valued family, and he knew he was going to have to sell the family more than he was going to have to sell Jordan. Wow. Uh, Chris Tucker was the one. And, um, now, he actually called Jordan's parents. He didn't, never actually visited them. Okay. I like to mix it up. Nico, you got uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, I was going to end with my final, my first Jordans that I saved up for and <laughs> the meaning of the, all the cross-cultural references. Right? I think I bought a pair of $300 Jordans in the early 90s and what that meant. And I never actually played basketball in them, right? And, like, I had to, you know, I just wanted to preserve them, and that was yeah, my did moment. You like, did you not even wear them most of the time because you yeah. didn't want them to get dirty and stuff? Exactly. How yeah. insane is that, right? A basketball shoe that I was preserving to do I anything. I mean, that's basketball. how we were when we were kids. When you get something special as a kid, you cherish that stuff because you don't have money. You can't. Re- you can't. Re- you you can't just go get it. As adults, like especially as guys, when we want something, we just go get it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> just like, get like girls joke about it for Father's Day. Like, what do, what do we get them, right? They, they, nothing, because we, we just get it if we need something. So, like, but um, final thoughts, Jesse? I love this movie. Like, it really brought me back to my childhood. I have Jordan jerseys, 23, 45. I Jordan shoes. I played basketball from the time I was... God, I don't know when. Very young. 
all the way through high school. But then going to this movie with my wife, and then afterward, and she's like, just brought her back to like watching the Bulls versus the Pacers. And it was just, it was great to like see that kind of connection between male, female, and, and what we talked about earlier. A lot of sports movies are like very male focused. But what makes this movie great is it really crosses that that spectrum and I love that it focused on Sonny Vaccaro and Mrs. Jordan like I feel like that was the perfect story to tell to be able to make this movie yeah I, I totally just realized you were the first one to see it in the theater too you were the one that told us to go see it so that makes oh. this all makes sense you saw it with your wife yeah loved it yeah and I, I'd like to see, like, the next conversation, you know, that Dolores and Sonny had, you know, five years later or whatever. I, I, I wish we, not, not, that we're, not that I want a sequel to this movie or anything, but uh, they, they, like Jesse said, it's such a special, fun dynamic that this movie has. And uh, I, I, w- I, w- I, don't, I wouldn't mind more of it. Is all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing, watching you know them basically uh, sip on some some lemonade on a porch somewhere, cheers cheers in their cups, saying, "Yeah, we were the ones that had this vision." Yeah. Right. I'm but, down with uh, that. Special movie, guys. Special movie. Jeff missed out, but uh, he was missed, and uh, hopefully everyone's uh, enjoyed air as much as we did. But uh, on behalf of Jesse, Nick, and myself. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Tales, and we'll be back sooner than later. Take care, everybody. Go Knights, go.